0: Greetings in Jesus' name this morning, the one we enjoy worshiping here. What a blessing we can worship Him. Thank you, Brother Brian, for that song. Uh, we We sing really some amazing phrases sometimes. And of course, you didn't know what the Lord laid on my heart. We sang, lead us to holiness, the road which we must take to dwell with God. Isn't that a beautiful road? It's a wonderful road. That's what the Lord led me to us to look at here this morning. That road, I do want to appreciate uh, Brother John mentioning the uh, nomination and ordination service in the West Rockingham District. Be much in prayer for that. There isn't much more important in the life of the church at large than the Lord finding the Lord's will for new pastors. And we need two in in the West Rockingham district, so pray much about that. And you, that in that district, pray that the Lord will lead lay somebody on your heart, because that's how we discern the Lord's will through the brotherhood. And uh, so we encourage participation in uh, the nomination service and in prayer and seeking God's face and direction during this time. Second Corinthians seven, uh, verse one. Uh, has a verse that gives us a lot of direction I'd like to start out with that 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1 where it says having therefore these promises dearly beloved let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God so uh, the title of the message is perfecting holiness and uh Holiness is um, being set apart for God. And that's what, that's what every Christian wants to be set apart for God. Uh, that just don't just happen just inadvertently. It, it, it will not be our portion without a proper reverence for God. And, but perfecting holiness means uh, growing in. It means you probably haven't arrived At the apex of holiness and whatever that would be (laughs) maybe it's constantly diligently all the time doing the will of God but growing in having it uh, but growing in it and wanting to make progress in it in other words it means to fulfill further perfect execute to do it (laughs) I like that just if you're growing in holiness just do it okay (laughs) Well, that sure is a challenging in the day and age we live in. Just doing it is the big challenge. Well, we get to do it with God's help. So that, But to do that, it says here we must cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. And we do have uh, the flesh to contend with. Thankfully, it's not dominant, but it still is alive and well, sad to say. And of the flesh and the spirit. So there's things that have to happen in our lives. <clears throat> to help us be holy as he is holy. Now, it's always good to aim high and because we don't arrive at anything we don't strive for. Very seldom do you arrive at something you haven't made a, a fairly major purpose in your life. So God wants us to grow in our holiness. Jonathan Edwards said, I think, a pretty pretty good statement where he said, the, uh, the supreme proof of a true conversion is holy affection, which is a zeal of holy things and a longing after God and personal holiness. You like that? I mean, there's a lot of truth in that. I, I really like that. God has always wanted and expected to have a holy people. Israel, he wanted them to be holy. And now he has a, 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 a band of, people, of believers called the church. And he wants them to be holy because they're to represent him. And even in Leviticus, it's interesting. We talked to them, Israelites, when he talked to them through Moses, he told them, look, you need to, I mean, I'm going to tell you, you need to have some level of discernment what is holy and what isn't holy. Because I am holy, and if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to be holy. And he didn't start and stop with Israel. Of course, he said that in the New Testament. In 1 Peter 1.16, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. So that means Christians love holiness. Christians don't do, they don't like anything that will take away the holiness of God in their life. They Christians love holiness, and I like to say that because I just don't hear it very often anymore. And I like to think—is yeah, that where I'm at? Yeah. If I, without holiness, the, the Scripture says very plainly, without holiness, no one shall see the Lord. So this isn't par for your preacher. This is par for the Christian's life. This is a stand for life without holiness. So I I really believe in this day and age where unholiness is rampant, that it is a good thing for the thing about, am I living holy? Do I love holiness? Am I growing in my holiness? And I thank God there's a realm of holiness, and I think that's in our heart. You know, I want to serve God. Come with me. You know, I, I, I don't want to do anything against the holiness of God, and I can be there In other words, I can be in the realm of holiness, but I can still want to grow more in it. And I need to. And I think every Christian here this morning says they have. We have grown in holiness. But that means we still need, uh, that still doesn't mean that we uh, don't need to grow more in that. Well, one one of the more frustrating things about life is when we know we have a standard, God's standard, and we know his word. And, and it's holding us, and it's doing what's right, staying away from sin. We deplore sin, you know, and because we live in such a corrupt society, and it, it tends to rub off. You know, there's Im- immorality around, adultery. There's deceitfulness, untruthfulness, unloving. There's, there is a wrong music that the, the devil throws at it. There's perverted thinking that's going uh around a lot and you know all of a sudden it infringes on your holiness we're being bombed with unholiness you know uh, things to look at feed your mind uh oh it's it's just there it's rampant and so you know these things tend tend to affect us if we're not careful but god said there's another standard okay it's his it's holiness and and so when people tend to uh <clears throat> well then we look at our lives and, and so they say one of the hardest things to do is to act like you're holy when you're not holy. You ever notice that? In other words, you know, I, I, okay, I'm going to church on Sunday morning because that, that's a good thing to do. That's a good thing to do. But they don't want to. didn't love to go to church. You know, but I just had to because I know that's a good thing to do. You know, and you know, I know I'm supposed to think loving, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm not supposed to have a dirty mind, but, you know, I, I know that's holiness, but, man, I like, I like certain things. You know what I mean? And the level between our lifestyle and what God wants us to live is your level of frustration. You know, have you ever been frustrated in your spiritual walk? That's, that's frustration when you know what you should do, but you know what? You just aren't quite doing it. My heart isn't quite there. You know, it's just, oh, you know, and I should be reading my Bible, but, oh, well, I got to do it, you know, because I know it's a good thing. See, there's a different way of living. And God and God just is, is loves, and he wants to provide this for us. I'd like us to look at a verse in 2 Peter 1, verse 4. And I'm, I'm going to um, try to get a little mileage out of this first. and Because I think God would, would like us to. Where it says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Okay? He said, okay, you don't have to be living in lust. You don't have to be living for self all the time. There is a better way. And, and it's only through the blood of Jesus. When, you know, when we're living on our own before, living for self, before we accepted Jesus, you know what? Too many times we just living for, for what I wanted to do. Now, if we had good parents, they tried, they, they tried to modify our character some. And you, know, they, you can't do this, you can't do that. But you know what? Still, when they were gone, and you got to do what you want to do, It wasn't pleasing to them or God too much of the time. I hope you wasn't that way, but some of us were. In other words, that's the fleshly nature ruling in the life of man. And so God said very plainly that we can be those that are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. We repent of our sins. And it's not just our sins, it's our sinful nature that's dominant. It's the sinful nature, so it's craving. Now, it might went to church on Sunday morning. It might have been nice to people at certain times. But you know what? You know, you didn't mind gossiping. You didn't mind saying things as much as you should. Maybe you mind a little bit because you need to get in trouble if you got caught, but you didn't mind as much as you should doing unkind things. You didn't mind perverted things. You didn't mind it very bad. You know what? That was your nature. That was the problem. It was your nature. And that's the way people are without the Lord. Now, he said very plainly here, he wants to give us a divine nature. And you know what? That makes all the difference in the world. That's what we call about transformation. When, when a person accepts Jesus and gives their heart to the Lord, and they say, Lord, forgive me my sins. for uh, Lord, I want you to live within me. I want to live a whole life pleasing you. He will give you a divine nature. And I tell you, friends, that makes all the difference. That all of a sudden, rather than wanting to feed the flesh, wanting to listen to that bad music, wanting to see those perverted things, wanting to live for self and pleasure, now life is totally changed. Now you want to serve Jesus. You want to do what he wants you to do. You hate sin. You hate the ways, that the things that used to feed your flesh. You hate them because you know it's going to what? It's going to separate you from fellowship with God Almighty. And you don't want that. You want to serve him in this life. You know he has a plan for you that is good, and it's his will, and it's his pleasure. And if we submit to that, it is the most fulfilling life on earth. And he wants to give that to every child of his. And it's ours for the taking. It's the divine nature. Now, I've described it, and I know all man's illustrations break down sooner or later, so you can break it down, but you don't need to. Get the grip of this illustration. It's kind of like what, um, it's kind of like, well, years ago, when I lived at my home, we had what most of you probably don't have. Now, we had a slop bucket. You probably know what that means, don't you? You know, when, when the wife, when the mother of the house has, a uh, Potato peelings and whatever, all you don't the the things are that, that you don't want to cook, so you just throw them in the bucket. And after they ferment a while, it's it, it, it's uh, it's slop, we call it slop. I hope you understand. And uh, and we had some pigs on that farm, and we'd like we butchered pigs in the fall, and it was kind of amusing when we would go out there and we would feed those pigs slop, they just loved slop. I mean, uh, you just, I mean. I mean, they were pigging out, literally. And they enjoyed their slop because, you know what, it was what they liked. Yeah. And then they said, and it was stinking stuff. It was actually deplorable stuff. I mean, I thought so bad. Uh, and they just loved it. And they grew on it. And, uh, and then Pig had a few other things. On a nice hot day. They would go out and find a nice big old mud puddle, and they just lay down in the mud. And it was so neat, yeah. Oh, still so good. And they get up, and they were just all dirty as a pig. And they didn't mind it. They had a pig's nature. They had a pig heart, by the way. They did. They love slop, and they didn't mind getting dirty at all. We had a few cats on the farm, and I'm, I'm going to describe. I think a pig is kind of like. Our nature before we accept Jesus and I know a cat isn't sanctified by a stretch of the imagination but they're a lot cleaner than a pig and uh, and that's kind of like except Jesus now you know what them cats they never liked the slop they wouldn't eat slop you couldn't pay them enough to eat slop they, they did not like slop. they like they didn't like, like slop they like cat food and with stuff that was constructive and smelled good and looked good they liked it even so much that they would even clean off their paws, except there. a cat will clean off its paws with its tongue. After it eats some meal, or gets dirty. It cleans off. I have a cat would have to be dreadfully ill to lay in a mud puddle and act like they like it. They'd have to be dreadfully ill to eat slop. They would. They have a cat's heart. Okay, and and that blesses me. God wants you and us. He wants to give us a cat heart, right? A clean heart. He wants to purify us in this day and age. Amazing, amazing. In other words, you don't don't have to stay out of slop. You don't want the slop, amen? It makes all the difference in the world, friends. That's what God, this isn't a frustrating life. This is a life that's changed by God from the inside that So you have a new nature, you have a craving for him, he gives you a divine nature, and the Holy Spirit to walk with us. This is one of the most amazing things that each one of us can experience today, even in this day and age. And I think we need to constantly be reminded, when we're allured by the things of the flesh and of the world, which we're bombed with sometimes, all around us, that that is what the pigs do, Okay? That is the old life that we should abhor. You know, it would be a sad day, like I say, if a cat, when a cat, you know, all of a sudden, you see it lay down in the mud, and you think, what is wrong with you? And I have to wonder sometimes if God looks down and he sees mankind, and even myself sometimes, what is wrong with you? Well, praise God, he speaks to us that day, and he draws us back to him. He, you know what? He can clean us up. It's called repentance. You know, we come to him and we ask for forgiveness. He can clean us up. I praise God, every Christian, he wants to deliver to you a divine nature, a cat's heart. And you know what? If we don't have that, we have kept something back from the Lord. We have kept something back. And so it's just, uh, he, he is the one that cares all about us. Now, uh, back in 1 Corinthians 6, A few verses that speak to this issue where it says 14 to 17 illustrates a little bit this too. And it says, but be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now he's talking about how to live a life of perfecting holiness. He's he's describing it here. "Be uh, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath unrighteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Bilal? Or what part has the believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. I will walk among them, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And then he goes right in to say, you're just going to be perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I believe he lets us know right well when we follow him. We, from the heart, will live a separated lifestyle from the world. Separated. We don't have the same goals and visions uh, to accumulate, to just live in ease. Uh, we, he wants that divine nature that brings him honor and glory and loves holiness. And for, and I tell you. To love holiness nowadays, we must say no to a lot of things. Have you ever noticed that? You got to say no to a lot of things. Well, how can we be separate? How can we remain where we're not linking arms with them? What agreement hath us with the temple, uh, the world around us? He said, What do it come out from among them? Be ye separate. And don't touch on don't don't like uncleanness, don't like impurity, don't like immodesty. You know, I'll receive you, and I will be a father unto you. There's a no, there's no, there's no better life. There's no more security in life that we can have, and then we're a child of God's. We're His children. That's that's such a blessing. And I will be a father to you, you should be my sons and daughters. Says the Lord Almighty. What a blessed privilege we have to be those that are blood washed saints. Yes, Ephesians one verse four says, verse A according Ephesians one four A according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world." To imagine. You were chosen by God before the earth was formed. He was thinking about you. He was thinking about us, and he was thinking about our our uh, our the situation we were in. He was thinking about we need salvation. Goes on the last half of the verse says that ye should be holy and without blame before Him in love. I is it is a privilege to have a heart and a nature that loves holiness that is a privilege to have that and it does bring a stark contrast in our lives now you know you know it's it's interesting some of the spiritual dynamics in this life you know you're going to be around holy people and it should affect you good but it don't always rub on or as much as you'd like it to or as it should but you know when you're around unholy people what about always rubs off you ever notice that you just you work on unholy people a wow. while. And if you aren't fighting it tooth and nail, you're probably just losing it. <laughs> you know, it's just the way it is. In other words, unholiness rubs on you, but holiness is a little bit harder just to rub on you. I wish it did. But you know, I praise God that we can be those that live in victory. Uh can live a holy life. Philippians uh two, twelve to fifteen says. How Paul wanted to live, and I think we do too, I know we do, Philippians 2 verses 12 to 15 says, wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure, holy people bring pleasure to God do all things without murmuring and disputings that ye may be blameless and harmless the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world now he talks about you know, you are the light of the world uh, and that's wonderful to saying that. We get the privilege. I believe, sincerely believe, that a person that lives a holy life shines as a beacon for Jesus. They do. I think they enjoy that. I mean, that's their highest calling. To live blameless and harmless, the sons of God. Live openly and accountable before God and their fellow brethren. That, that's what God wants. He said, live openly and without rebuke in the midst of a uh a crooked world, a perverse world. That's what Paul was saying 2,000 years ago. Well, I know that world was perverse and crooked back then, but and we know this one is too. In fact, I don't, I don't think they had all the uh, uh, quite as close of oppressions. It's one thing to see. It's another thing to have in your home. But he said, look, we get to shine as lights. It is interesting to note that he says, look, okay, you want to be a child of God. You, you, you follow God with a reverence for Him. This isn't a trite, sh- just shallow external form, uh, external, uh, do workings. That does work. Yes. It isn't just, ex- it's because you have a heart for Him. You know, like I said, you need to have that heart, that transformed heart, not reformation, but transformation, He said. And then God works in us, in your heart. He's working in our hearts continually to help us be perfecting holiness, reflecting him better. Why, right in the middle of this uh, little dialogue here, said, don't you be complaining and bickering and murmuring and disputing? Why would he say that? Because that's one of the devil's inroads into the, to our hearts and into our churches. Is complaining and 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 murmurings about your brethren, right in the middle of it all, talking about having your salvation, being shining as a light. What's going to take away your light? Pick on your brother. That's what'll take away your light. Uh, he warned us, don't be doing that. Don't be doing that. He says, uh, it's just interesting. though. I don't know why he did it, but I figured it it had a lot of meaning to it. Right in the middle of working out your salvation with fear and trembling, obeying the will of God, shining his lights, doing his good pleasure. Yes. Don't do this. Okay. Don't fight and murmur. Encourage, build up. Encourage, strengthen. Yes. Exhortation, that's all good. That's what he wants us to be. I'm, I just praise God that we can live a holy life nowadays. In fact, he chooses that pathway for us, and we can walk therein, and we're going to be a light. I, I don't think we have to force on light. I think, you know, when we're living that type of lifestyle, we'll be a constant light for him. What a tremendous blessing that we can be that way. Well, always do what we do in love. To build up, to edify, encourage to stimulate the growth ephesians five eight speaks a little bit more to this subject where it says, For you were once darkness, that's the pig nature, but now you are light in the Lord, walk as children of light. isn't that tremendous you get you get around some people and they're just radiating of the glory of Jesus, in other words, when holding us. When walking a holy life is drudgery, there's something wrong with the heart. In other words, when the heart is transformed and and given to Jesus, given to the Lord, and you say, Lord, come in, rule my life, and his Holy Spirit resides in us, then we want holiness, we enjoy holiness, and then we are like, yes, the word says, but now you are the light of the Lord. You know, you, you you don't have to turn it on tomorrow morning. It's lit when you woke up. Right? It's lit when you woke up. You were shine for Jesus. What a blessing. And it's wonderful to be around people like that too. God likes when that happens. Well, let's look at some more keys. Ephesians 5, 1 to 3. And be not imitators of God is but be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us and offering in a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And it says, okay, follow God. And it's... Isn't it much easier to follow God and to imitate him and Jesus in our life when we have his desires in nature as a heart? See, Jesus makes it easy for us is what I'm saying. In other words, he didn't say, now follow me, love holiness. And you know, somehow you got to work this out because you know, you're just going to love sin. You're going to love pleasure. You know, you're going to love evil things, but somehow work this out. No, he says, look, you know what? You let me reside in your life. You get, you sell out to me. You ask for forgiveness of sins. I will cleanse you completely from sin and i'll even give you a nature that hates sin friends that's a miracle that's a miracle that's a miracle and we can all have that and that's a real blessing we ought to rejoice in that we ought to be singing his praises that he's done that for us i mean what a beautiful thing to realize he could just say you try to obtain that he said no i'm gonna give you a nature that loves my will that loves, please me. That loves holy things. That abhors other things. I'm going to give you that nature. What a privilege to have. What a privilege to have. Yes. And so we walk in love. We walk in love for Jesus. We walk in love for our brothers and sisters. We walk in love for those around us. It's all love. Okay. It's all love. Yes. Care. Sure. We care about sin. We do. That's part of love, but it isn't ridicule. It's care. We care about people's sinful conditions. Then it goes on to say a few things that encroach on us. Verses uh, 3 and 4. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, that it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather give thanks. Yeah. That's the society around us. That's also the devil's temptation to his, to Christian people is those things there, filthiness, the perversion, with all the immodesty around us. And yet he said, look, you know what? I have a much better way. I have a much better way. And I'm going to help you live that way. Yes, because we're totally changed. I like that we have new desires and drives in our life. Back just another chapter or two, Ephesians uh, four verses twenty verse twenty four, where it says, <clears throat> "I love these descriptions, but I love understanding why they work." Okay, Ephesians four twenty four says, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true holiness true excuse me in true righteousness and holiness you know he doesn't say okay this is just a garment on the outside to put on because it's created in true righteousness it's from the inside a new man a new creation in Christ Jesus I'll tell you friends that is that is what God wants now how does that work out Wait, I said we're a new what well, was the old man we put away the old things of this world and so it makes all the difference in the world. Now i like to read verse 22 and 23. It says, what happens has to happen before we can have the new man. And it says very plainly, And you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So he says, look, you're going to put it off. Forgiveness of sins you've gained by through Jesus continuing to ask for forgiveness of sins when it, when we do that he said you put off those former things that corrupted us and you know you put on the new man and it renews your mind I like that because we need a new heart but actually a lot of us need a new mind okay? I think the heart dictates the mind Okay, I praise God for that in other words the mind is desiring the mind is where your imaginations go okay and you think you can have sanctified imaginations in Jesus Christ? Yes. Yes. Yes, we can. Because, you know, he can imagine spiritual growth in me. He can imagine spiritual growth in you. And we can, too. He can imagine Mabel Memorial growing spiritually and numerically. He can imagine that. Can we? Well, that's godly imagination. That's a lot of things better to imagine than some of the things the devil tempts us to imagine. I praise God. He said, by the renewing of your mind. The spirit of your mind, what a tremendous blessing. We can be that way. We can be those that are willing to grow and to be like He wants us to be and to grow in His likeness. He cares about that. Uh, So He wants us to yearn our life to Him that we can be like Him and we can grow in Him. Now, look at verses uh, in chapter 5, chapter 5, verses 9 through 11, where it says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all godliness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. That's letting your light shine. That's letting your light shine. There is lots of spiritual warfare there, right there. But God is pleased when we give our heart totally to Him, and then He transforms us into His likeness. That's what He pleases. That's what He wants to please. Now, back to verse 7 then, there it also relates to this, how we how we look upon this. It says, verse 7, Therefore, do not be partakers with them. And I praise God that people that want to live for Jesus, they love being around godly people. That's why they love church. They love the fellowship of the brethren. They love the fellowship afterward. They love talking to the brothers and sisters and the Lord on the phone and talking about holy things. They enjoy that. They love holy things. And it builds them up. And and you know what? They love to let the light light of Jesus shine through their lives and hearts. They love that. No one of the song wrote, writer wrote, what I think is our desire, but I hope and pray it stays our desire all of our lives. He went on to write, more holiness give me, more strivings within, more patience in suffering, more sorrow for sin. More faith in my Savior, more sense of His care, more joy in His service, more purpose in prayer. You went on the right. More purity give me, more strength to overcome. This is a holy lifestyle. More freedom from earth stains, more longings for whom, more fit for the kingdom, more useful I be, more blessed and holy, more savior like they. May God bless you in perfecting holiness in your life.